0: and uh, in the greek that word follower is imitator and uh, many uh, other bible translations will actually render this version this verse as imitate me as i imitate christ and um, we're going to talk a little bit about following jesus following jesus or imitating jesus all right father we thank you for your word your word is powerful and it is anointed. I pray, God, that you would touch me today, amen, to preach and to teach your word to your people. God, your word is powerful. It is anointed. It is life-altering, and I pray, God, that today the power of your word would change the way that we think and the way that we behave. God, I pray that by the time this service is over, God, our spirits would be lifted up. Our minds, oh, God, would be transformed And our spirits renewed in Jesus' name. And somebody shout a great big amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise before we're seated. (laughs) Hallelujah. God bless you. Amen. Copying is a huge subject here in the United States. Americans struggle with how we feel about copying. To date, we have Googled the word copyright copyright. Over 3 billion times. On one hand, we seem to favor innovation and originality, while on the other hand, we are against copying. We've been this way for a long time. Down through the years, we've even invented all kinds of unflattering names for people or institutions that copy objects. We use words like copycats pirates, bootleggers, rip-offs, knock-offs, etc. But our repulsion towards imitation is rather shallow, because in many ways we love copying. For example, all over the country there are numerous tourist attractions where the attraction is a replica of a famous landmark from somewhere else. Amen. Our homes are filled with beautiful, duplicated, and reproduced art. That we know is copied and unoriginal. We actually like copying. Americans live under the paradoxical idea that copying is always wrong except when it's right. Copying is everywhere and it's done by everyone. Yet we still, amen, are subject, amen, to all kinds of paradoxes regarding this topic. We subject restrictions norms and laws all around objects to convey to people that they are wrong for copying. And just about every object that we ever come into contact with amen, is saturated with copyright and intellectual property laws, which outline if we can or cannot duplicate that object. Most of us are not clear on whether copying is a good thing or a bad thing. The answer is both. Copying and imitating is good and bad. In fact, humans are hardwired to copy and to imitate. It's part of our mental, emotional, and social makeup. There are some forms of copying we are almost incapable of not doing. Yawning, smiling, laughing. If someone else does it, we can't almost resist the physical impulse to do it as well. We are almost powerless to stop ourselves, in some cases, from copying or imitating other people. But what does the Bible have to say? From the biblical perspective, who you copy and who you imitate is what determines whether it's good or bad. Let's talk a little bit about bad copying and bad imitations. Uh, The third book of John, 1 and 11, says, Beloved, follow not that which is evil but that which is good. In other words, don't imitate that which is evil, but imitate that which is good. The Bible even talks about abstaining from all appearance of evil. Amen. In Exodus 23 and verse number 2, Moses tells the children of Israel, you shall not follow the masses in doing evil. If we are not careful, we will imitate bad behavior. We will copy the wrong people and get ourselves into a lot of trouble. We have to make sure, amen, that we are not copying celebrities, Hollywood actors, amen, our favorite R&B singer or hip-hop artist, amen. We have to be careful, amen, that we are not looking to the world and the masses, amen, in order to be influenced uh, and in order to determine who we are going to copy and to imitate. Somebody shout Amen. Amen. But we are encouraged to do some good copying and some good imitating as well. Amen. In fact, copying is so good that God did it himself. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 that when God created mankind, he made them in his own image. Amen. You are a copy of God. Amen. God made you. Amen. A duplicate. Amen. uh, A copy of him. Amen. But God also encourages us amen, to copy the good things, amen, and to imitate the good things. In Leviticus 19 and 2, the scripture says, you shall be holy, amen, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. God says, you should copy me, I am a holy God, then you should be a holy people, and somebody say amen. Ephesians 5 and 1 says, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, amen, Amen. You should look up to God. Amen. As a child does to his father. Amen. And those of you who have children know this. And some of you might be young enough to even remember when you would imitate your parents and Children imitate their parents. And the Apostle Paul says, you ought to do this with God. Amen. If you want to know how you ought to behave, look at God. If you want to know how you ought to be, look at God. If you want to know whose uh, behaviors and character you should be trying to duplicate and imitate and emulate, just look at God. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, look at God. Amen. 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 Jesus tells us in Luke 9 and 23, and he said unto them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me or imitate me. When it comes to being a Christian, copying trumps innovation. When it comes to being a Christian, copying trumps innovation. There are some things that don't need our innovative ideas. There are some things in which God is not asking us to be creative. We are called to deny ourselves and to copy Jesus. Amen. We don't need to. Uh, we don't need to reinvent Jesus. Amen. We don't need to make Jesus out. Amen. Uh, the Bible says that God was made. Uh, That God made man in his image. We don't need to make God in our image. Amen. Hallelujah. There are a lot of people out there today that are trying to change, amen, the character and the image of God so that it might resemble them, so that they might feel better about some of the things they are doing. But Jesus said, amen, your objective, your purpose, your plan should be to imitate me, to walk as I walk, to talk as I talk to be as I be. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I, I'm, I'm going to probably make an, a very oversimplified statement here. Amen. But I would tell you that Christianity's greatest challenge, amen, is and will continue to be, amen, how good we are at copying Jesus. Amen. Somebody say amen. Surprisingly, our call to imitate and copy isn't restricted to Jesus only. Amen. The Bible encourages encourages us to imitate and copy great men and women of faith found in the scriptures. Amen. And now we're going to preach a little bit. Somebody say amen. 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 In the book of Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 9, the Apostle Paul says, the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things And the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Practice these things that you've seen me do, that you've heard me teach. Amen. Imitate me. Amen. And the God of peace will be with you. And before I go any further, let me just say this. Amen. The reason some of us are not having peace in our lives and peace about situations and peace in our marriages and peace on our jobs and peace in our lives is quite frankly because we are imitating the wrong people. We are copycatting the wrong people. We are pirating the wrong behaviors. Amen. We are bootlegging the wrong language. Amen. And you get, amen, you get what you put out there. Amen. And if you are putting out all kinds, if, if you are just aping somebody else, if you are just copying somebody else, if you are just, if you are just doing your best to be someone else, Amen. You should not be surprised when you get less, amen, than favorable results, amen. And you should not be surprised, amen, when you have no peace in your life, but when you determine, I am going to follow the Lord. In, In fact, I like the way Jesus said it. He says, you must deny yourself daily. A lot of people don't preach the daily, amen. Amen. We got a lot of weekend warriors. Amen. They're trying to imitate Jesus on Sunday. Amen. And that's it. Amen. Let me tell you something. We're going to have to go past that. We're going to have to go above that. We're going to have to go beyond that and go into the daily, into the daily imitating of Jesus. But what did, the the scripture I just read is out of the book of Philippians. And so the question is, and if you're not familiar with what's going on here, Paul is writing a letter, or what they call an epistle, to the church in Philippi. Amen. And Paul tells the Philippians, he says, I want you to imitate what you've seen me do and what you've heard me teach. And so the question is, what did the Philippians see Paul do? Paul enters the city of Philippi in the book of Acts with his partner in the gospel, Silas. Amen. Philippi was a port city. It was probably a lot like the Bay Area. Amen. It was very affluent. It had all kinds of uh, uh, education, wealth, and uh, you name it. Amen. And Paul enters uh, this city of Philippi with Silas. And when he gets to Philippi, he preaches. Amen. And several people come to Christ. As a result of this, persecution came. And uh, uh, in fact, uh, this is really not part of the notes, but Paul is preaching, he's preaching, he's preaching and uh, all of a sudden a woman starts following them around and uh, she starts saying these are the servants of the most high god everyone look at these guys amen but this woman the scripture says was actually possessed with the devil amen and so she was what she was actually trying to do she was stating you know you know the way some people actually lie on you is by is by overstating the truth, praise God. And so this woman was making a true a truth claim, amen, because Paul and Silas really were the servants of God, but she was doing it to draw negative attention, amen, to them because the Philippians, amen, by their own account were already convinced that the apostles were turning the world upside down and causing confusion. And so they were tense about Paul and Silas being in their town because everybody was turning around to Jesus, and Paul puts up with this woman for several days, and uh, I don't know why, uh, I, I, I'll never be able to tell you why, but after several days, Paul finally turns around and says, all right, I've had it with you. And the Bible says he prays for the woman, and he casts the devil out of her. This woman was actually some sort of a prostitute, and uh, her masters got really mad when the devil got cast out of her, amen, because... When the devil gets cast out of you and you start living like Jesus, Amen. everything changes. And her masters, the Bible says, got really mad because they made a lot of money off of her. Amen. In fact, later on, uh, these men would gather all kinds of people against Paul and Silas. At one point, the Apostle Paul in the book of Thessalonians says that when we were in Philippi, we were treated shamefully. This woman's masters got so mad that this lady got converted, that they 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 manipulated and coerced and got Paul and Silas thrown in prison. And the Bible says that at midnight, Paul and Silas begin to sing praises to God. Amen. Paul and Silas, this is I, I, we're talking about. What did the Philippians see? Amen. And Paul and Silas at midnight begin to lift up their voices inside of a jail cell. Amen. And as a result of that, the Bible says that all the prison doors were opened up. And the prisoners begin to, amen, run out of the prison. And the Bible says that the guard of the prison, amen, when he saw all the prisoners running out, knew that he was going to get in trouble. Knew, amen, that he was going to have to pay for, with his life because all the prisoners had escaped. And so he takes out a sword. And he's about to commit suicide. And Paul and Silas stop and say, do thyself no harm. Amen. And the man pulls the knife from off of himself. And he looks at Paul and Silas. And he says, brethren, he says, what must I do to be saved? Amen. Hallelujah. Mind you, amen, the singing started at 12. I don't know how long it took for them to run out of the prison and do all this stuff. Amen. But we're talking about 1 a.m. Amen. And the Bible says that the Philippian A jailer told Paul and Silas, I want you to come over to my house. They didn't have cars. They didn't have Uber. They didn't have buses. They didn't have trains. So they walked. We're talking about 1.30, 2 in the morning. Amen. And as the Bible says that he began to wash and to tend to the cuts and the wounds on Paul and Silas. And when he was done, amen, taking care of Paul and Silas, he said, I asked you guys the question, what must I do to be saved? And the apostle Paul told him. You must believe on the Lord Jesus, and you must be baptized. We're talking about 2 in the morning. And the Bible says, amen, that that Philippian jailer woke up his wife, woke up his children, and he said, we're going to go down to the water, and we're going to go get baptized. And the Bible says that Paul and Silas baptized the prisoner, amen, the, 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 the guard of the prison, amen, in the wonderful and mighty name of Jesus. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, uh, amen, I want to ask you again. What did the Philippians see? Amen. What is Paul telling the Philippians to imitate? You know what he's telling them to imitate? Don't stop preaching. Even when you're shamefully entreated, uh, amen, I got news for you, church. Uh, when you make it up in your mind, I am going to testify wherever I go. I'm going to tell people about Jesus. Uh, I'm going to tell my testimony. I'm going to quote scripture. I'm going to talk about God. You will be shamefully entreated, uh, amen. Uh, you will have family members that will not jive, that will not think that what you're doing is cute or acceptable. You will stop being invited over Christmas, Thanksgiving, and all kinds of other family events. People will lie on you. People will say, I still remember you. Now you think you're all holy. Amen. I remember when you used to drink, drug, and do all kinds of other stuff. Uh, Amen. You know what you do when people start shamefully entreating you? You just keep on preaching. You just keep on talking. Don't you be quiet. Don't you sit down. You keep on talking and keep on preaching and keep on testifying and keep telling people about Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when they tell you that you used to be such and such, just go ahead and amen them and tell them that's what I used to be, but now I'm a new creature in Christ. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. You know what Paul did? You know what Paul was asking them to do? Amen. Don't stop praising even when you're wrongfully in prison. Amen. You live for God, you're going to end up in some wrong prisons. Amen. You keep you keep doing things for God. You keep moving in the flow of the Holy Ghost. And it won't be too long until you get shut down in some situations. So you get locked up until it seems like there's no way out. Amen. You know what you do? You praise God. You praise God. Amen. Let me tell you something. And, and uh, this is not pastor just, you know, throwing stuff out there. I, I just, I want to let you know. I want to be very honest with you. The preaching is for you. The giving, you know, we take up an offering. The giving, that's for you too. Because when you give, it's given back to you. The, we're not, you know, the giving, you know, we don't, uh, this might shock some people, but at the end of the month, my wife and I don't write a check to 77 Jerusalem Street made of gold uh, uh, in the care of Jesus Christ. Uh, the giving, that's for the church. That's, and, 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 and for you, amen. That ca- That takes care of the temple, and it takes care of God's provision and blessing. Amen. On your life. Amen. The giving is for you. The preaching is for you. The praise and worship, that's for God. The praise and worship, that's for God. And that's why that, if there's one part of the service you really don't want to miss, it's the praise and worship. Amen. It's the praise and worship. Because it's the praise and worship is the only part of the service that's unto the Lord. The praise and worship, the clapping, the dancing, the running, the shouting. Amen. That is the only part of the service that is for God. That is the only part of the service, Amen, that we that is the only part of the service. Amen. Where we are here Amen to entertain God's presence, to show him how much we love him, how much we care about him. Hallelujah. Come on somebody. Amen, amen, amen. And I don't want anybody to feel bad. Pastor didn't come to beat you up. Pastor didn't come to rag on you. But all over Pentecost, all over Christendom, people show up late to worship. People show up late to the praise and worship. Some people avoid the praise and worship altogether. Amen. I'm telling you, that's the one part of the service you ought to be ready. You ought to show up with your boots tied. You ought to show up with your hair done. And you ought to show up with your hands up. Hallelujah. That's the one part of the service where you get to show God just how much you love Him, just how much you appreciate Him, just how much you worship Him, just how, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And you know what? I'm just not going to let people get away with the, you know, I'm not, I'm not the exuberant type. You know, I, Pastor, I love the preaching. I love, you know, I even love the church. I, you know, I love all this. But, you know, Pastor, I'm just, I'm, I'm a little bit more reserved. No, you, you didn't do that at the club. You didn't do that at the concert. You didn't tell them that at the football game. Amen. Hallelujah. And yes, yes, God deserves equal if not greater praise and worship than what we gave to the world. Yes he does. Yes he does. Yes. I'm glad the Raiders are leaving. I don't care. Let them go. I'm glad the Warriors are going. Let them go. Too much traffic on High Street. People need to get into Alameda to go to church. But you know those Raider fans, they have tailgate parties. Is this is what it, I don't know. I don't I don't play. They show up hours early. And park in the parking lot. I know people that once church is starting, if you go out there, they'll be sitting in their car texting. They're in the parking lot, but they ain't trying to come in on time. I'm, come on, I've been living for God a long time. I know what people do. You, you, I was born that night, not last night. Hallelujah. People sit out in the parking lot just chilling, waiting for what? I don't know what. But it's a shame that the Raiders fans are more excited about seeing a team that hasn't won or gone to the playoffs and who knows how long, amen, than you are about Jesus Christ who's never lost a battle, who's never lost, who saved your soul, who forgave you of your sins. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to apologize. You came to the wrong church. Hallelujah. We're, we're not going to be, we're not going to get outfanned. We're not going to get outfanned. I'm not at least, amen, hallelujah. My family is not going to get out, fan. praise God. And I understand that sometimes we got holdups in the devil, and I got news for you. Yes, I am. I'm going to amen you if you tell me the devil fought me to get to church today. I believe it. But for that reason, you ought to press that much harder because if the devil's trying to keep you out of church, and some of y'all, some of y'all just haven't figured out that it's the devil fighting you. Amen. You just think you got a wife that's not a morning person, and you think, and you think your, your husband is just, amen, Whatever, it's the devil, praise God. And you need to just go ahead and call it out, pray against it, show up, amen, and get your hands up and praise God. Amen, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Amen. When you're unemployed, praise God. When you're sick, praise God. Amen. When your family's shamefully mistreating you, praise God. Amen. When they're talking bad about you on your job, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. When you get a bad report from the doctor, praise God. Amen. When the judge is not on your side, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. When things are going wrong, praise God. And when things are going good, praise God. Amen. Let everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Oh, somebody say, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God wherever you go, Amen. Praise God. Paul says you saw me praise God in prison. Paul says you saw me keep preaching. He says I'm telling you what you're supposed to be doing. When it comes, will the real copycats please stand up? Hallelujah! Somebody copy me in the preaching. Copy me in the praising. And you know what else? I want you to copy me when it comes to baptism. Yes, Paul said, don't stop baptizing. You know, let me let me clarify something for you, Amen. Baptism is not just an outward sign of faith. A lot of people believe that's what baptism is. Is that it's just an outward sign of faith. That's not what baptism is. Other people believe that baptism is strictly for the remission of sins. Let me tell you what baptism is according to Romans chapter 6. It is you imitating. It is you copying. It is you emulating the life, the death, and the burial of Jesus Christ. It is, I am not making a public confession about anything. When I got baptized, I got baptized in front of one person. I don't care if the world knows. I do want the world to know about this, but I'm not doing it to convince other people that I'm a Christian. Amen. And I'm not just getting baptized to have my sins forgiven, although baptism does that. I am getting baptized because I see a beaten, bloody Savior, amen, who died for my sins and rose again on the third day, and he has promised me that if you imitate me in death by repenting, if you imitate me, amen, in my burial by being submerged underwater and taking my name upon you, and if you imitate me when you come out of the water by lifting your hands, amen, hallelujah, and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, and then walking in the newness of the Spirit, that's like being resurrected like Christ was resurrected resurrected. Paul says you're never too old for this and don't you ever stop doing it. Amen. E- and, and you, let me just tell you something about East Bay Bible Fellowship. We got a portable baptistry. I will show up to your house at 1 a.m. if you decide that you want to get baptized because we're about this, follow Jesus. We're all about this, imitating Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. In the, short, in the short time that we've been here, I've baptized people in their kitchens. I've baptized people in their living rooms. I've baptized people outdoors and indoors. I will baptize you anywhere, anytime, at all times. Amen. And I fully expect some of you to help me do it and to, because that's what we're all about. Amen. We will baptize you at all times, all hours, all. Th- Paul said, don't you ever stop. Paul, You know, a lot of. A lot of people want to argue about salvation. I can think of few scriptures more plain. The man said, I want to know how to be saved. Paul said, be baptized. You know, people, he did this at 3 a.m. Do you know what my wife would do to me if I woke up at 3 a.m. with the kids and said, we're all going to go in the water right now. They didn't have water heaters. They didn't get baptized in a jacuzzi. They were, they, do you know that this was the desert? This is the Mediterranean. You know, deserts are equally as cold at night as they are during the day. Well, I could not get my wife to wake up at 3 a.m. to go follow me with two men that just got out of jail. Come on now. You know, obviously somebody felt this was vital to salvation. Obviously somebody said, it don't matter if it's 3 a.m. You got to do this now. Get the kids. Get your wife. Let's go. Do this. As long as we are here, we will be doing this. As long as we are here, we're going to make a big deal about baptism. Why? Because we're imitating Paul. We're imitating Christ. We're imitating. Come on, somebody. Oh, let's give God a hand, praise. Amen, hallelujah. We're almost done preaching. 2 Thessalonians 3 and 7. He says, for you yourselves know how you ought to follow. Everyone say follow. Our example. You know how you ought to imitate me, Paul says. Where is he saying this? In the book of Thessalonians. The question today becomes, what did the Thessalonians see Paul do? Fortunately, Paul tells us. In the second chapter of First Thessalonians, verses 1 through 10. And I'm going to read in your hearing. Praise God. And verse number 1, he says, For you yourselves, brethren, know our entrance unto you, that it was not in vain. Everyone say, not in vain. That not in vain. That, that little phrase right there in Greek is false. So if you were to read it in the Greek, it would say, You know how we came to you. We were never false. What does that mean? Paul says, I never claimed to be something I wasn't. I never claimed to be something I wasn't. Paul says, imitate me in this, brethren. He said, don't ever claim to be something that you're not. Amen. Hallelujah. I am the pastor of this church, but I never claimed to be perfect. When I go teach people Bible studies, I don't try to claim to be perfect. Amen. And all of our witnessing and all of our reaching out to people and all of our trying to win souls to Jesus... We should never try to project or portray ourselves as being perfect or better, amen, than anyone. We are people that have been saved by the power and the blood of the Lamb, amen. And some of us have have some some nasty pasts that that have been covered up. But don't ever come at somebody, amen, acting all better, amen, acting all lifted up, acting all snooty and smug, amen. Hallelujah. We we, got to lose this pretentiousness, amen. I can't tell you how many people I know, and I've been pastoring long enough now. And I've traveled this globe enough now, amen, that I could tell you I know all kinds of people that are on the outside, they look really nice, and they want you to think that everything's really nice. And in some cases, what's vexed me more is that some of these people are not nice, they don't shake hands, they don't reach out to people, they don't teach Bible studies, they're not kind, they're not generous, they're not, but they're just, they, they just look really saved, amen. They, but people, Paul said, I was never like this with you. I was never like this with you. When I came to you, I let you know, amen, that I was a man who had had his life turned around. Your testimony is powerful. Don't hide it. Amen. Hallelujah. And I know we don't have to go around telling everybody, amen, the dirt we have in our trash can. Amen. But don't ever act. Amen. So high and mighty. Amen. Hallelujah. Be real. Be authentic. Be kind. Be, be you. Amen. In verse number 2, he says, but even after that we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated. We already talked about that. As you know, at Philippi, we were bold. Everyone say bold. We were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. Paul says, I was bold even with much contention. What what is he asking us to imitate? He says, "I, I want you to imitate me. And my confidence, and my confidence to preach, to teach, and to win souls, even when there was drama all around me. Amen. I'm gonna tell you something. When you make it up in your mind, I am gonna go win a soul for God. I am tired of being shy girl, I'm tired of being shy guy. I'm gonna step out of my shell. I'm going to get my head out of the the shell, and I'm going to start talking. It is not uncommon for drama to break out. It is not uncommon for your life to get filled with much contention. There are people in this church that have decided, I am going to live for God like I've never lived for God. I'm going to reach for souls like I've never reached for souls. And you know what? Hell wasn't happy about it. And the devil fought him on it. And the devil's fighting them on it now. And the devil's pinching their finances. And, and there's spiritual resistance on the family front. And there's all kinds of, and in some cases, amen, uh, uh, people are turning on him. Amen. And all kinds of wacky little stuff is happening. But you know what Paul said? He said, I stay bold. Amen. I stayed confident. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me just tell you something. Amen. I I, I was telling Sister Jessica the other day. She tell a little Bible study. She was a little worried about it. I said, you know what? Just be confident. Amen. Even if even if you're butchering stuff, be confident about your butchering. Amen. Hallelujah. Even if you're messing up, look, look confident while you're messing stuff up. Amen. Trust me, there'll come a day when you got it down like the back of your hand. There'll be a day when you're quoting scripture like a machine. Praise God. There'll be, but you gotta start somewhere. And you know, everybody trips on their first dance. Don't worry about it. No Nobody's perfect. Nobody gets it right. But trust me when I tell you that God didn't save you just to stay on the pew and do nothing your whole life. Amen. You are, the, the burning desire of your heart ought to be to win a soul to Jesus before you die. Verse number three. For our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile. What does that mean? What is Paul asking us to imitate and to copy? Paul is saying, I never taught you how to live unholy. Because he says, my exhortation was without deceit and uncleanness. You know, in the days of of the apostles, much like today, there was actually whole little offshoots, people that left the church and were now teaching people how to live unholy. There, there, There were people... I, in the book of Romans Paul addresses this but there were Romans that were converting to Christianity and you know what they were telling the church let us live let us live eat let us live sinful lives that grace may come upon us okay you know this happens today you know when you sin if you repent you know there's kind of like a good feeling that comes over you right it feels good to repent you like cry you're broken. You're humble again. Don't, don't it feel good to be broken and humble? This feels right. You feel aligned. Well, some people are saying, that feels so good that I'll just keep sinning to feel like this again. You know, there, there just has, the, I, I want you to know, there's, there's, there's preachers all, all over the world right now that are telling people it don't matter how they live. It matters how you live. Paul said, I never taught you to live unholy. I can't teach you that because it's not in the Bible. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you, amen, that God loves you just the way you are. Right. No matter what you do. i got news for you. As a sinner, that's true. God loves you just the way you are. But he loves you so much that he won't leave you that way. Because just the way you are is what's destroying you. It's what The Bible says that the wages of sin are, is death. And I'm not, I'm not here to cast shade on nobody, but I am here to tell you that Christianity demands a transformation.